Amnesty International Comedy Podcast. Thanks a lot for taking the time to download this podcast from Amnesty International. I'm John Bishop. Amnesty have made this podcast for you. I mean, not just you, not personally you. I mean, you can make it feel like it's you, but we made it for anyone, to be honest with you. But let's say it's just for you. So why don't you just visit amnesty.org.uk stroke edfest and see what you can do for Amnesty International because this is just for you. It's a comedy podcast, though, so don't worry, it's not too heavy. It's just a bit of fun, so relax. Enjoy your journey to work, or hoovering up, or washing up. You can actually be painting if you want. You can be creating a sculpture. You can do whatever you... You can have sex. You can listen to this podcast, and it might put you off. I don't know. It depends how good your technique is. Whatever you might be doing whilst listening to this, prepare yourself to be entertained. If you are having sex and you're not already entertained, then, to be honest, that's not our fault. Coming up is a bit of a chat with Jason Byrne and Adam Hills, some stand-up comedy from Miles Jupp, that'll be very funny, The Guardian's Top 5 Tips, and another dip into Amnesty International's Comedy Archive. First up though, here's a song from Dead Cat Bounce, the four Irish lads taking the festival by storm. I know you're angry and I know you're ashamed kind of feeling the same But we can hide our love if we pretend it's a game And give it a secret name Let's call it Rugby Let's call it Rugby And I bet that pretty soon all our showers could be no one would suspect a thing And when people ask What are 15 guys doing Sticking their heads between each other's thighs We'll just tell them that we're practicing We'll have a special language And a secret code That nobody knows what they are And we'll do clever things With existing words Like replacing an F with an R so we'll say we're rocking When really we're Food in the world That there's nothing sexual In a ball shaped like a giant testicle Being grabbed at by enormous men In short While drunk spectators in the stands Call for bigger tackles and softer hands Just wishing that it could be them Playing rock Venue 150 with Adam Hills. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing quite fine. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Yeah? I think. <laughs> ready, ready for what? I don't know. I'm doing an Edinburgh festival with a wife and a baby. I've done it with the wife before, but never with a baby. Have you noticed that the baby's a great communication tool? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indian. You can communicate through the baby. You see, I found this out <laughs> from, my, from my wife, you see, because she said, she's, my son's called Eddie, so she says, Ooh, Eddie, when's Daddy going to cut the grass? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is an amazing, there's just an amazing, it goes beyond passive-aggressive. I'm not quite sure. I think it's passive-aggressive ventriloquism is the only way I can imagine it. Yeah, the same thing with my wife. Of, oh, what's Daddy done with your nappy? <laughs> oh, Daddy's silly, isn't he? Yeah, Daddy's in the next room and Daddy can hear. Now, you're also going to be comparing with Fred McCauley the Stand Up for Freedom gig mm-hmm. um, for Amnesty International. Now, have you, you've been involved in those gigs before yeah I'm comparing or just being involved in the amnesty gigs is kind of an honor when when you get asked Um, and what's even you know there's that thing also of when you see you know last year the people included and you see your own name and go wow right I did something good and and amnesty just do such a great job and every year um, it's it's almost kind of depressing to be honest that every year amnesty finds someone else that needs Support. It would be nice if one year the Amnesty people turned up and went, no, every, everyone in the world is fine. There's, there's no one that we need to support this year. Um, no, we're okay, let's not do it. But unfortunately, every year there's another person and there's another story and there's um, another heartbreaking story that, that needs attention. So, um, you know, when, as soon as you get the call saying, can you come and help out, it's, it's an instant yes. One of the things that Amnesty is all about is obviously freedom of expression. Mm. Now, the Edinburgh Festival is a great place for that, for comedians getting the stage time. Everything. Can you think of what's the most outrageous thing that you've seen happen on stage here in Edinburgh over the years? Do you know what? I'm trying to think of the most outrageous things I've seen in late and live, and unfortunately they're all things I've been involved in. Um, let's see, Brendan Burns taking off my artificial foot and then blowing the stump. Uh, Scott Capuro urinating on someone's jumper um, to think that somewhere someone's being locked up for saying a few things about the government and then here you've got people fellating amputees (laughs) urinating on jumpers and the crowd are going hurrah take it further (laughs) yeah there's there's an imbalance in the world when you look at it that way great well Adam Hills thank you very much for talking to us on the podcast absolute pleasure thank you So I'm stood outside the Stand Comedy Club at uh, York Place in Edinburgh and we're just about to go and see Kevin Eldon, a show that everyone seems to be talking about and is picking up five-star reviews all over the place. So let's go in and see what all the fuss is about. What I want to do is I just want to speak in a sentence where it goes up at the end. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's called Upward Inflection. Uh, it's, um, it's got a little recognition there. I like the way you went, yeah, yeah, rather than yeah, yeah. Uh, because... <laughs> Because it's happening a lot, you see, it's happening a lot. It's overtaking our language, eh? the upward inflection. Oh, it does annoy me. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, Now, uh, how many songs have ever been written about potholing? (laughs) Yeah, it always gets in the People are always going, oh, is it 15 or 16? Oh, I can never remember. Um, The answer is not enough. So I'm here to redress the balance to the potholing song. I have, that thing about this upward inflection, though, uh, is I've become obsessed about it, right? I, was, uh, I just take people to task over it. I won't let them get away with it. I was in a shop the other day, and I was just paying, and the bloke said, that's £3.50? And I said, I don't know, I haven't added up the items. <laughs> and he said, sorry? I said, no, I'm not sorry. I don't see why I should apologise. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, as the vendor, you should be independently certain of how much I, the buyer, owe you. You shouldn't have to ask me to confirm or deny it. And uh, he said, I am certain. 
And I said, well, that's a paradox, isn't it? <laughs> yes. You've just stated certitude in a tone that implies doubt. Uh, and I said, that's rather like saying, I am sexy in the voice of Joe Pasquale. <laughs> And he said, who's Joe Pasquale? And I said, ah, no, I'm not going to take you to task over that because that was a question, yes? That was a genuine question, not a bold statement of fact turned into a question, right? Because that went up at the end as an unresolved issue. But ironically, it doesn't matter who Joe Pasquale is in this conversation or indeed in any other conversation in the world. And he was so confused, I was able to walk out without paying. And on the way out, I licked a bar's bar. And when I got outside the shop, I flung it up Penguin's head. But I missed. Yeah, you can't always hit them, can you? <laughs> oh, sorry, the shop was in a zoo. I've got to say that. <laughs> I have... There's one more thing, right? You're asked to be complicit with the upward inflection. Somebody will say, you know, I went to the shop today, and they won't continue until you go... Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, you went to the shop today. Now, they, free, they do freeze like an iPod. So if somebody says that, they say, I went to the shop today. I go, I don't know. I wasn't with you, was I? Did you notice me with you? No. I'm not stalking you. I wasn't hiding behind the cars every time you look behind you. I haven't assigned a private detective to follow you around and then report back to me whether or not you've been to the shop or not. I said, you know, and I'm not psychic, so I haven't found out through supernatural means. And I said, of all the people in the universe who should know whether you went to the shop today or not, it should be you, shouldn't it? And it gets so annoyed. I have been part hole and never since I was a boy I'd prefer a subterranean map to any other toy potholing is the greatest pastime you can keep the rest and of all the rock formations I like stalactites the best I don't know why I just like the way they hang there <laughs> now I have been in some tricky spots but this one beats them all I have lost my pothole buddies and they do not heed my call hello can you hear me? The plus side is I've got some chocolate and two boiled eggs. The minus is I've lost my torch and broken both my legs. <laughs> Amen! Oh, Damon! <laughs> Still, I am a total optimist. I know I shall be saved. It won't be long before the... <laughs> Kevin Eldon, you have just stepped off stage at the stand after your show, Titting About. That was an absolute triumph. Thanks very much. <laughs> it was very high energy. How do you keep the energy going throughout the whole hour? I don't, I don't really know. That was, uh, it was very enjoyable. It was one of those audiences uh, which you'd wish were in every single time, even though they've all been lovely. Uh, these were particularly uh, friendly and, uh, and gorgeous. Well, you mentioned at the beginning about, you know, eating a sausage sandwich and watching Cash in the Attic. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you got over that, because, I mean, some of those characters you created are incredibly vivid. Are they? Are they? Which, which ones? Well, the sausage sandwich eating movie? Well, that's me, man, that's me. Uh, in, I was thinking more of, like, mode. Hitler as uh, George Martin. I didn't create Hitler. I didn't... Oh, maybe we all did, yeah? Maybe we all created Hitler, because there's Hitler in all of us, yeah? OK, yeah, that's why there's evil in the world, Amnesty subscribers. But we knew that. Um, no, I, I... The Hitler thing, uh, for anybody who might be interested, I do Hitler um, in the show, but he speaks with the voice of uh, George Martin. Uh, Hitler talking about uh, sort of going into Austria in the laconic, friendly tones of George Martin. Seems to be quite a pleasant juxtaposition. Well, Kevin Eldon, thank you very much for speaking to us on the Amnesty International Comedy Podcast. It's been an honour and a privilege. Keep up the subscriptions, folks. I'm Andrew 
Dixon and I'm the Guardian's online arts editor and we're here at the Traverse Theatre in the middle of Edinburgh and I'm here to give you my top five tips so far for this festival. In at number five, uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and recommend a show that I have not yet seen which is potentially crazy, but um, it's Bo Burnham. The talk at the festival this year, everyone was going on about this 19-year-old YouTube comedian uh, who is apparently totally sensational. Our critic Brian Logan loved him, gave him five stars, so I reckon I'm going to try and get in and see him as soon as I can. I recommend you do likewise. Um, in at number four, I also very much enjoyed a show called David Leddy's Sub Rosa, which isn't comedy, it's theatre. It's a slightly weird, site-specific piece where you travel down to the Masonic Lodge in the heart of the new town and undergo a very spooky Victorian Gothic experience, uh, which you see late at night and from which it is quite difficult to recover. <laughs> I will say that much, it's really quite dark and messed up and will mess with your head, but it's very, very good. Um, in at number three, someone who will mess with your head in a different way is the Dutch comic Hans Tierwen, really slick, sharp, dark, interesting set. Uh, this is the third or fourth year I think he's been at the festival and he just seems to get better and better. I had a brilliant time at his show the other night. Uh, in at number two, Josie Long, another of my favourite comedians. Uh, she's got a very sweet, interesting, thoughtful set. She strays into politics for the first time this year, so there's a little bit more going on in her comic world than I think there has been in the past sometimes, uh, and she's all the more interesting for it, so I thoroughly recommend that. And uh, number one uh, is a show right here at the Traverse, which is a very strange and intriguing thing called Teenage Riot by a theatre company from Belgium called Onterend Goed, uh, and it features a young cast of teenagers between the age of 14 and 16 uh, who do this very dark, very weird, very messed up show which takes you deeper than perhaps you really want to travel inside the mind and the life of a teenager. Uh, go, but be careful. It's quite a strange and intriguing experience. If you want full coverage of the festival, do go to guardian.co.uk forward slash Edinburgh Festival where we'll have full reviews. You can follow our critics on Twitter and you can even tell us what you think of the shows. I'm backstage now at the dining room at the Gilded Balloon and Miles Jupp is just about to start his show for the evening. Hi, Hi Miles. Hello. Yeah, I'm just doing my pre-show rituals which involve removing my trousers. Are you going to do that now? Yeah, if that's all right with you. You have to, uh, to work with the conditions which you've got. Um, OK, well, Miles, I'll leave you to your pre-show okay, ritual well, and we'll hopefully... On, shoes on. These are my show shoes as well. They're different from the shows and shoes in which I would walk around town. Right, we'll hopefully catch up with you after us for a chat. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to The Gilded Balloon and uh, welcome to Fibber in the Heat, uh, my show, which is a, a true story uh, that takes place against a backdrop of cricket. Um, is, uh, is there anybody here who likes cricket? Yes. Right, well, that gives you sort of semi an idea of the sort of thing I'm up against. Um, uh, uh, if anyone here doesn't uh, like or indeed understand cricket, um, there are some portions of this show that you'll just have to watch the way that most people watch opera. Um, <laughs> wondering what on earth is going on and desperately hoping for an interval. Um, I'm afraid there isn't one. Um, but I love cricket. I love cricket. And it is August 2005. And the greatest series in the history of cricket is raging. I'm talking about the Ashes, obviously. England versus Australia, our greatest rivals. It's the equivalent of England versus Germany at football or Scotland versus England at fucking anything, right? <laughs> and... 
it matters. Right? Now, I can't see as much of it as I'd like to, because I'm here at the Edinburgh Festival doing two shows a day. And I start getting so grumpy about how little cricket I can see that my wife says to me, oh no, you'll have to get yourself a job that enables you to watch even more cricket. Oh no, you're an actor, there isn't one. Right? <laughs> the festival finishes at the end of August, and in September there is still one more test match of this amazing series to go. However, I can't see much of that, because I've already gone to London and started rehearsing for another show called Balamori Live. Um, <laughs> What a response from the crowd, Mars. You've just stepped off stage. How was that? It was nice. Quite a good number of cricket fans. That's always nice when you get that sort of thing. I mean, the likes of Andy Zaltzman or Tom Riggles. Well, uh, Andy Zaltzman. Hello. You've just been in to see Mars' show as well, and you're here in the glamorous backstage yes. area. What Shelby's. do you think of the show? Excellent show. So, Mars, now what? When? Now. Are you going to take your trousers off again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my routine. I'll remove these and I put on... Um... What a tattoo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just put on a pair of more hard-wearing um, denims. OK, Miles Jupp, thank you very much for talking to us. Hello, this is Mark Watson. You're listening to the Amnesty International Comedy Podcast. And don't forget to protect freedom of expression for everyone by joining Amnesty at amnesty.org.uk. So I'm just outside the Assembly Hall with uh, yes. Jason Byrne. Yes, How are indeed. you? I'm really well, yeah. As, as we can all hear, it's, it's busy this year, you know. I would definitely say, now maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I don't normally go on stats, I normally go on what I see, but it looks like there's way more people here this year. What's the, <laughs> what's the strangest thing you've seen at the Edinburgh Festival over the years? Because this is, is this your 14th year? Yeah, my 14th year, definitely, yes. The most memorable stuff is Johnny Vegas on stage and late in live in about 1998, and uh, a woman calling him a sexist pig, and then... Uh, because he had licked another girl's nipple and a girl had licked his nipple. It was the thing Johnny used to do. So another woman was saying he was sexist for doing that. And then 15 minutes later, the woman who had called him sexist was up slow dancing with Johnny on the stage and he was singing to her. <laughs> she was in his arms just like, like going, ah. And then the other, and then in, actually around about that same time, uh, there was another group of Australian girls that were here doing a sketch group. And one of them used to be in a circus and they rigged up a trapeze in Late and Live and she drank a pint of water and then she puts an empty pint glass on the ground. She gets up into a trapeze and pees into the pint glass and fills it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's stuff that you just don't see anymore. So what can uh, the people who are about to go and see your show expect yeah. from your show this year? Well, it's still, um, well, it's my 14th year, but I still have the energy of 14 years ago, which is bizarre. I think I'm, I'm I feel like a Duracell battery that now might need a top up quite soon, but uh, it's, it's, it's still, I mean, I still involve the audience. I still get them up to do stuff with me. I have 15 foot poles with rubber hands on the end of them with microphones in them, so nobody's safe in the audience at all. I can reach up into the balcony with them and all and get people so they can have to speak to me. And uh, I also have, like, one of my favorite things in it is, uh, I've got a, a good lot of pictures of me as a kid. Uh, a lot of people don't believe what I look like, but I do have that. So I've got a lot of snaps of me as a very young kid, for kind of seven and eight, looking very gawky. And, uh, it's basically me dragging people through my childhood and telling them about what actually really happened to me as a kid, uh, along with my alcoholic parents, <laughs> telling them, which is uh, which is which is funny though, you know. But uh, a lot of people will be able to relate to that in the 70s and the 80s. Nearly everybody's parents drank; it was just normal. Well, Jason Bird, thank you very much indeed for talking to us oh, on no the Amnesty International podcast. No problem. Thanks for having us.
as promised, here's a piece of archive from the secret policeman's ball to mark Amnesty's 30th anniversary in 1991. It's Mel Smith and Griff Rees-Jones. Terrible thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. What, what is that, then? To be in prison just for your convictions? Yeah. Well, that's why you were in prison, wasn't it? You were convicted for receiving stolen goods. Look, please, receiving stolen goods is a petty, insignificant matter of no importance whatsoever. Yeah, well, that's what you told the judge, isn't it? But he still locked you up. I'm talking about Amnesty International. Oh, I see. Do you know it is yeah. 30 years since they started their marvellous task? Is it? Taking a while then, isn't it? Really? I had some Portuguese kitchen fitness like that once. No, 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 my friend. Amnesty are not like part-time labourers. Oh, no. Yeah. Amnesty's work is unceasing. Well, they're certainly not like part-time labourers, are they? Because no. they, they cease at any opportunity. Alas and alack, their yeah. task is ever with us. Verily. So long as there is oppression and tyranny in the world, yes. they must keep the light of hope burning. Yeah. Tend the flame of compassion. Right. And stir the shit a bit from time to time. You seem to know a lot about this amnesty. You well, I am a, I am a, I'm a supporter. Are you? What, do you go to all their matches then? Even Look, do like shut up. No, but I, I wouldn't have put you down as a typical amnesty international supporter. You know, not typical, a typical amnesty. How would you describe the typical amnesty international supporter? Well, I don't know. He'd be about six foot. He'd have his own psychiatrist and about seven million pounds in the bank. Well, apart from John Cleese, obviously. I don't know what What's beards got to do with it? I don't know why they all have beards. You're the one who knows all about amnesty. They just do, don't they? Look, beards, beards are irrelevant, oh, mate. See, yeah. Beards have got nothing to do with oh, it. Right, yeah. There are thousands of decent, ordinary, oh, beardless folk like me yes. who are committed to fighting injustice. I didn't know you were. Are you committed to fighting injustice? If you looked beneath this breast, mate, yes. you would see a heart burning with eternal vigilance. Well, that's the cheese. Never eat it late at night. It gives you terrible heart. For justice, yes, for I freedom, see. for the individual rights yes. of human beings mm. to speak out against tyranny and oppression wherever they find ah. it. I support that stand. Do you? I am part of that fight. Good. I am at one with that struggle. Well, you mean you went to the secret policeman's have a ball and laughed at some knob jokes? Basically, yeah. <laughs> very funny, man. It was. Oh, I enjoyed it. Yes. The Amnesty International Comedy Podcast. It's me, John Bishop again. Thanks a lot for listening to this podcast from Amnesty International. Make sure you listen to the next one, which will be packed full of highlights from Amnesty's Stand Up For Freedom gig. So keep checking back at amnesty.org.uk stroke edfest for more details. Everyone in this podcast has donated their time and performance to Amnesty International. We use our freedom of expression to support those who have none. Protect freedom of expression for everyone by joining Amnesty at amnesty.org.uk slash edfest.